Chapter Eighteen of Mary Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Mary Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty by Imbert de Saint Amand, translated by Elizabeth G. Martin, Chapter Eighteen, The Morning of June Twentieth. It is Wednesday, June Twentieth, seventeen ninety-two, the anniversary of the oath of the Jeux de Paume. The signal is given. The Faubourgs assemble. It is five in the morning santier on horseback is at the place de la bastille at the head of the popular staff the army of rioters form slowly some anxiety is shown at first the departmental decree forbidding armed gatherings has been posted and occasions some reflection in the timid but santier reassures them he tells them that the national guard will not be ordered to oppose their march and that they may count on petion's complicity when the march towards the national assembly begins hardly more than fifteen hundred are in line but the little band increases as it grows the route lies through the rues st antoine de la verrerie des lombards de la ferronnerie and st honore the procession is headed by soldiers after whom comes a great poplar stretched upon a wagon it is the liberty tree according to some it is to be planted in the courtyard of the riding school opposite the assembly chamber according to others on the terrace of the tuileries before the principal door of the palace a military band plays the sa ira which is chanted in chorus by the insurrectionary troop no obstacle impedes their march the torrent swells incessantly the inquisitive mingle with the bandits some are in uniform some in rags there are soldiers active and disabled national guards workmen and beggars harlots in dirty silk gowns join the contingent from studios garrets and robert's dens and gangs of rag-pickers unite with butchers from the slaughter-houses pikes lances spits masons hammers paviors crowbars kitchen utensils their equipment is oddity itself it is noon the session of the assembly has just been opened at this hour the throng now numbering some twenty thousand persons enters the rue st honore the directory of the department of paris demands admission to the bar on pressing business and the municipal attorney-general roedirer begins to speak heeding neither the murmurs of the galleries the disapprobation of part of the assembly nor the clamour sure to be raised against him that evening in the jacobin and cordelier clubs he boldly announces what is going on he reminds them of the law and the decrees forbidding armed gatherings which have been issued by the commune and the department 
he adds that without such prohibitions neither the authorities nor the private individuals have any security for their lives we demand cried he to be invested with complete responsibility we demand that our obligations to dive for the maintenance of public tranquillity shall in no wise be diminished Fergano ascends the platform he owns that in principle the assembly is wrong in admitting armed gatherings within its precincts but he declares that he thinks it impossible to refuse a permission accorded to so many others to that which now presents itself he believes moreover that it could not be dispersed without a resort to martial law and a renewal of the massacre of champ de mars it would be insulting to the citizens who are now asking to pay their respects to you said he to suspect them of bad intentions the assemblage doubtless does not claim to accompany the citizens who desire to present a petition to the king nevertheless as a precaution i propose that sixty members of the assembly shall be commissioned to go to the king and remain near him until this gathering shall have been dispersed the discussion continues monsieur raymond follows vergano what is going to happen what will the insurrectionary column do glance for an instance at the topography of the assembly and its environs the session chamber is the hall of the riding school which extends to the terrace of the fluents and occupies the site where the rue de rivoli was opened later on almost at the corner of the future rue de castiglione it is a building about one hundred and fifty feet long in front of it is a long and narrow courtyard beginning very near the rue de dauphin it is entered through this courtyard which a wall afterwards replaced by a grating separates from the terrace of the fluents it may be entered at the other extremity also at the spot where the flight of steps facing the place vendome was afterwards built from the side of the courtyard it can be approached by carriages but from the other only by pedestrians who cross the narrow passage of the fluents which starts from the rue st honore opposite the place vendome and leads to the garden of the tuileries this passage is bordered on the right by the convent of the capuchins on the left is the riding school almost at the spot where the passage opens into the tuileries garden by a door which had just been closed and before which had been placed a cannon and a battalion of national guards on reaching the rue st honore the crowd had taken good care not to enter the court of the riding school where they might have been arrested and disarmed they preferred to follow the rue st honore and take the passage conducting thence to the assembly and the terrace of the fluents three municipal officers who had gone to the tuileries garden passed through this passage before the crowd and met the advancing column at the door of the assembly just as m raymond was in the tribune discussing vergano's proposition 
while the head of the column was awaiting the issue of this discussion the rank and file were constantly advancing the passage became so thronged that people were in the danger of stifling part of them withdrew from the crowd and went into the garden of the capuchin convent where they amused themselves by planting the liberty tree in the classic ground of monkish ignorance and idleness as was said in those days the remainder which was in front of the door and the grating of the terrace of the fluents became exasperated the sight of the glittering bayonets and the cannon placed in front of this grating roused them to fury meanwhile a letter from santier reached the president of the national assembly gentlemen said he i have received a letter from the commandant of the national guard which announces that the gathering amounts to eight thousand men and that they demand admission to the bar of the chamber since there are eight thousand of them cried a deputy and since we are only seven hundred and forty-five i move that we adjourn the session and go away satier's letter is thus expressed mr president the inhabitants of the faubourg st antoine are celebrating to-day the anniversary of the oath of the jeu de Poim. they have been culminated before you they ask to be admitted to the bar they will confound their cowardly detractors for the second time and prove that they are still the men of july fourteenth it was applauded by a large number of the assembly on the other side murmurs rose against it monsieur Raymond went on with his speech eight thousand men they say are waiting your decision you owe it to twenty-five millions of other men who await it with no less interest certainly i shall never fear to see the citizens of paris in our midst nor the entire french people around us no one could behold with greater pleasure than i the weapons which are the terror to the enemies of liberty but the law and the authorities have spoken let the petitioners therefore lay down at the entrance of the sanctuary the arms they are forbidden to bear within it you ought to insist on this they ought to obey monsieur raymond's courage did not last long passing to vergniaud's proposal to send sixty members of the assembly to the tuileries he said i applaud the motive which prompted this proposition but convinced that there is nothing to be feared by any persons from the citizens of paris i regard the motion as insulting to them meanwhile the noise at the door redoubles the petitioners are growing impatient godet rises to demand that they shall come in with their arms it is plain that the gironde has taken the riot under its patronage after some disorderly and violent debate it is resolved that the president shall put the question are the petitioners to be admitted to the bar they do not yet decide this other shall the armed citizens disperse before the assembly after they have been heard the first question is answered in the affirmative the delegates of the crowd are admitted to the bar they make their entry into the assembly between one and two in the afternoon their orator is a person named huginin 
who will preside a few weeks later at the council of the commune during the september massacres in his declamatory harangue he includes every tirade threat and insult current in the streets we demand says he that you should find out why our armies are inactive if the executive power is the cause let it be abolished the blood of patriots must not flow to satisfy the pride and ambition of the perfidious palace of the tuileries here the galleries burst into enthusiastic applause the orator goes on we complain of the delays of the superior national court why is it so slow in bringing down the sword of the law upon the heads of the guilty do the enemies of the country imagine that the men of july fourteenth are sleeping if they appear to be so their awakening will be terrible there is no time to dissimulate the hour is come blood will flow and the tree of liberty we are about to plant will flourish in peace the applause from the galleries redoubles huginin excites himself to fury the image of the country he shouts is the sole divinity which it shall be permitted to adore ought this divinity so dear to frenchmen to find in its own temple those who rebel against its worship are there any such let them show themselves these friends of arbitrary power let them make themselves known this is not their place let them depart from the land of liberty let them go to koblensk and rejoin the emigres there their hearts will expand they will distill their venom they will machinate they will conspire against their country the orator concludes by demanding that the armed citizens shall be passed in review by the assembly it was in vain that stanislaus de girondin cries do the laws exist no longer then the assembly capitulates armed citizens are introduced twenty thousand men are about to pass through the session hall the march is opened by a dozen musicians who stop in front of the president's armchair then the two leaders of the manifestation make their appearance Santier, king of the fish markets idol of the faubourgs and saint Rouge, the deserter from the aristocracy the marquis demagogue saint Rouge, cast into the bastille for his debts and scandalous behavior and liberated by the revolution saint Rouge, a man of gigantic stature and the strength of a hercules who is the rioter par excellence and whose stentorian voice rises above the bellowing of the crowd the spectators in the galleries tremble with joy they stamp on perceiving both santier and saint harouge sabre in hand and pistol at the belt the band plays the saira the national hymn of the red caps is this an orgy a masquerade look at these rags these bizarre costumes these butcher boys brandishing their knives these tattered women these drunken harlots who dance and shout inhale this odor of wine and eau de vie behold these ensigns 
the banners of insurrection the ambulating trophies the stone table on which are inscribed the rights of man the placards within one reads down with the veto the people are tired of suffering liberty or death tremble tyrant the gibbet from which hangs a doll representing marie antoinette the ragged breeches surmounting the fashionable motto live the sans culottes the bleeding heart set upon a pike with the inscription heart of an aristocrat the procession which began about two in the afternoon is not over until nearly four o'clock at this time santier repairs to the bar where he says the citizens of the faubourg saint antoine came here to express to you their ardent wishes for the welfare of the country they beg you to accept this flag in gratitude for the good will you have shown towards them the president responds the national assembly receives your offering it invites you to continue to march under the protection of the law the safeguard of the country and then heedless of the dangers the king was about to incur he adjourns the session at half-past four in the afternoon what is going to happen will the armed citizens return peaceably to their homes or not content with their promenade to the assembly will they make another to the palace of the tuileries what preparations have been made for its defence ten battalions line the terrace facing the palace two others are on the terrace at the water side four on the side of the carousel there are two companies of gendarmes before the door of the royal court four on the place louis the sixteenth to guard the passage of the orangery opposite the rue st florentine here there might have been serious means of defence but louis the sixteenth is a sovereign who does not defend himself two municipal officers messieurs boucher saint sauveur and mouchette had just approached him my colleagues and myself said monsieur mouchette to him have observed with pain that the tuileries were closed the very instant the cortege made its appearance the people crowded into the passage of the pluliens were all the more dissatisfied because they could see through the wicket that there were persons in the garden we ourselves sire were very much affected at seeing cannon pointed at the people it is urgent that your majesty should order the gates of the tuileries to be opened after hesitating slightly louis the sixteenth ended by replying i consent that the door of the fluence shall be opened but on condition that you make the procession march along the length of the terrace and go out by the courtyard gate of the riding school without descending into the garden this was one of the king's illusions while he was parleying with the two municipal officers the armed citizens had passed in review before the assembly they had just left the session hall by a door leading into the courtyard once in this courtyard the intervention of some municipal officers caused the entrance known as the dauphin's door 
opposite the street of the same name to be opened for them it was by this that they entered the tuileries garden while it was the wish of louis the sixteenth that they should pass out through it from the terrace of the fluents there they are then in the garden having made an eruption there instead of continuing their route through rue st honore here they come along the terrace in front of the palace on which several battalions of the national guard are stationed the crowd passes quickly before these battalions some of the guards unfix their bayonets others present arms as if to do honor to the riot having passed through the garden the columns of the people go out through the gate before the pont royal they pass up the quay and through the louvre wickets and so into the place carousel which is cut up by a multitude of streets a sort of covered ways very suitable to facilitate the attack certain municipal officers made some slight efforts to quiet the assailants others on the contrary do what they can to embolden and excite them the four battalions at the entrance of the carousel and the two companies of the gendarmes posted before the door of the royal court made no resistance the rioters who have invaded the carousel find their march obstructed by the closing of this door saint hierre and saint herouge who had been the last to leave the national assembly made their appearance raging with anger they railed at the people for not having penetrated into the palace that is all we came for said they Saint-Hier, before the door of the royal court one of the three courtyards in front of the palace opposite the carousel summoned his cannoneers i am going he cries to open the doors with cannon-balls some royalist officers of the national guard seek vainly to defend the palace no one heeds them the door of the royal court opens its two leaves the crowd presses through no more dyke to the torrent the gendarmes set their caps on the ends of their sabres and cry live the nation the thing is done the palace is invaded End of chapter 18